Hello and welcome to episode 123 of In The Move podcast. I'm Callum Reid. I'm Peter Shepherd. And hello, it's Irini. <laughs> Irini is back with her umpteenth festival roundup of the Yay. year. It's it a Greek one this time, yeah. It, it bothers me, because usually whenever Cal says something that is back, I automatically say like syphilis. It's just the standard joke. But obviously, I'm not doing. I'm, obviously, I'm not doing that one today. Obviously well, not. Well, no. Paul, Paul Haggis is back next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's your cue. Oh dear. <clears throat> next. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Any news? Um, non-film. Anyone? Um, Has anyone been travelling or? <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone got anything they can actually discuss on the podcast? Um, well, nothing. As you said, news, so we're not going to talk about Chelsea um, winning the league uh, at a canter at the moment, or Arsenal and Man City ballsing up, and Man, Man United being hilariously bad. Or David Moyes' new home. Yes, Spain. Yeah, this time he picks a team that's actually doing really badly, as opposed to taking over the champions. We can't do worse then, no. you, would, you would think. Exactly. Any more? Any other mm. news? Um, no How's news. life in Greece, Irene? Are you still poor? We're still very poor. You're so blast. You know what it's like. I know. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> a blast is this film that was at the London Film Festival that was so unmemorable that I didn't even talk about, mm. um, which was about this woman who has an affair with a sailor. And but what a sailor. What right? a sailor. A bisexual... <laughs> Aren't they all? Yeah. Demigod um, sailor. D- indeed. Um, but yeah, but it just made Greek kind of working class life look so bad. So I was like, asked Arini if it's actually really like that. Mm. Yeah, you sent me a thing. It said, um, is it, uh, wait, what was it like? You see, Irini has never asked us if, if, it, if life in Britain is like Red Road. <laughs> Which, well, <laughs> is it? It is, though, isn't it? In the worst parts. <laughs> what, the worst parts, we use contraception. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. On that note, um, this week's news. <laughs> We're going to start with Darren Aronofsky, um, who okay. is has been announced he will be the president of the jury at... Uh, next year's Berlin Film Festival. Okay. I think that's awesome. Has he had many films at Berlin? Slash any? Um, what about The Fountain? Was that Berlin? I don't think... I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. Um, it would be been after The Fountain. The Wrestler was definitely was. Venice. The Wrestler was 100% Venice. Yeah, Black Swan was Venice too. Yeah. And he was president of Venice in 2011. He could be president of Cannes. He's that big. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that awesome. <laughs> I really like him. Well, apart from... The facial hair. Noah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fountain was at Venice as well, so it looks like he's a Venice kid. Hmm. 
That is a good choice. When are they going to announce the lineup? Do you know, roughly? Uh, it's the festival is in February, so January maybe. Mm. They should announce the opening movie soon. Yeah, it also depends what they get out of Sun- uh, Sundance as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they play a lot of stuff from there. Mm. Like before midnight last year. And Boyhood this year. Mm. Okay, um, next bit of news we have is David O. Russell. His, um, do you remember? Has grown, has grown an ounce of humility. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Obviously not. Is going to stop casting Jennifer Lawrence and shut yes. the camera down her yes. breasts. <laughs> oh, that's what the news is. <laughs> well, it's actually not news because it's about his film that he made back in 2006 or something. Called... After Huckabee's and before... Uh... The Fighter. Oh, the... Yeah, The oh. Fighter. Um, which was called Nailed with mm. Jessica Biel. Oh, right. Um, about a woman who gets a nail lodged in her head and it affects her brain. See, I thought it was going to be about something else, but whatever. (laughs) But that is now, after so long, it's been recut without his consideration. It's been retitled uh, as Politics of Love and it's going to be released in the UK (laughs) next year. Politics of Love. It sounds like the uh, biopic of John Major and Edwina Curry's behind-the-scenes romance in the early 90s. Oh, my God. (laughs) That would have to be, like, X-rated, wouldn't it? Well, who'd want to see it, frankly? (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Can you imagine imagine that if Lee Daniels directed it and so you've got a sex scene between the two of them during the salmonella crisis? (laughs) Cut cut to the frying egg on the pan. (laughs) It'd have to be a boiled egg, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) For For health safety, of course. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah so, um, it's exciting news it's, I, I remember thinking it was going to be good at the time but then it got it cost 26 million which is quite a lot for a um, so, yeah. a movie for that a never comedy. comes out <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes we'll see if it's another Margaret Oof. probably not doubtful <laughs> Okay, um, so next bit of news. We have the animated feature qualifier list has come out and there are 20. What? So, <laughs> we're going to race through these, but first yeah. first of them is Big Hero 6, which Irini has seen. Right. Yeah, I saw it. Um, it's, it's very sweet. It's both a Disney and a Marvel movie, and it's whatever that means. It's It has all the wrong things that are wrong in Marvel movies and all the sweetness of the Disney movies. So that is an intriguing mix. Um, I quite liked it. It's uh, quite uh, formulaic and quite cliche, but it's sweet. And uh, the best part about it is, uh, or at least the best part about it for me, uh, was the, um, the whole set design, the whole production design of it, which was strange because... It's, uh, the movie is set in San Francisco, which is a fictional place. I hope, uh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. We've got some seriously <laughs> dyslexic writers. It's, I, I think San Francisco of that movie is the most beautiful city I've ever seen. I'm madly in love with it. So, yeah. Anyway, sweet movie. Go on. Okay. Um, chances? Is it got a hope in hell of winning? Uh, winning, no, just a nomination, I think. 
Okay. Next, we have the Book of Life, which we kind of missed. Yeah, couldn't be asked. Well, no, it could be asked. Didn't have time. It looked weird. Um, I'd, I'd heard not good things. Well, my mum texted me. middling reviews. My mum texted me, and she's like, um, she had my nieces for the weekend, and she's like, oh, Erin really liked the Tree of Life. And I'm thinking... <laughs> How did she was, get so pretentious so young? And I was, like, <laughs> delighted. <laughs> I thought she's a genius. She's a child genius, but no, it was the book of life. Right. She wasn't. She, she didn't come home waxing lyrical about the uh, creation of the Earth sequence. <laughs> but my mum was uh, decidedly less impressed with the book of life. More on the tree so, of life. More on the tree of life later. Oh God. Um. Next, we have the box trolls. Which is adorable. Which uh, Pete, they, Pete thought was odd. It, well, well, no, it was fine. It was fine. Um, I'm just trying to think. Did they go? They didn't go for Paranorman, did they? I'm gritting my teeth um, here because I really I don't, don't know. Think so. Wasn't it nominated? It might have been. I'm it sure. might have been, or they might have gone for something foreign. I, often they is go... that the year they went for two foreign ones? Like, um, uh, oh no, Frank... I think it did get in because Monsters University got the chop, right? Yeah, it did get nominated. Yeah. That was a what has two thumbs and doesn't give a shit this guy moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, do you think it's got a chance of making it in then, the box trolls? Why not? Yeah, yeah, it's well, yeah. Weird enough. They like weird enough things. Mm-hmm. Next is a film called Cheating, um, which I think is British. <laughs> um, it's yeah. an epic romance. So, Jab Taka John. <laughs> I don't think it'd be that epic. Actually, it's 74 minutes, so it's definitely not going to be that epic. There's there's no uh, retrograde amnesia subplot in the third act. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think you gave that a seven or something as well. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a Peroni week. It was a, well, the, the first half is, is delightfully wongish. <laughs> uh, next, we have a film called Giovanni's Island. Which is an anime, and surprise, surprise, it's about Japanese history and the devastating conflict. Um, that, <laughs> that happened um, oh, <laughs> in the forties. Oh, look at the bubbles in the in the puddle. There's a volcano about to erupt. Whatever. I would say get over it, but that seems a bit mean considering yeah. it was. It was grim. We get it. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Kate Winslet in extras before anyone gets offended. Uh, next film is Henry and Me, starring Richard Gere, and it's about a young boy who's battling illness, and he's taken on an adventure by a stranger named Henry, which could so easily be taken the wrong way. I thought you were going to say a sequel to The Woodsman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it, on the journey, the boy meets New York, uh, New York Yankee legends, who give him lessons about baseball and life. So it's Field of Dreams... <laughs> so, so it's Alex Rodriguez giving him lessons on how to take steroids. <laughs> Roger Clemens on lessons in how to. Oh wait, I said a theme here. Time. Andy Pettit. Oh wait, was he in uh, it on it as well? He's admitted to doing it once or twice. Psst, habitual. <laughs> once or twice, whatever. 
Uh, next film called The Heat. That's like saying I'm not gay. I just, just, I just did. I just had sex with men once or twice. <laughs> that was Al Pacino in Angels in America. <laughs> uh, next, this is random. The Hero of Color City, which is about a diverse band of crayons who um, strive what? to protect their magical homeland. I want to see this film. And it's voiced by Owen Wilson and Christina Ritchie. What? I want to see this film immediately. The reviews can are we not just, pretty. Can we just watch it now rather than doing this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Who makes a film about crayons? That's just insane. Tony Hart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Uh, which mm. we I was disappointed with. Yep. Bland. Just a cash cow milkage. Yeah. Next is a film called Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart, which is French. Obviously. A 19- so Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. Well, not in this version, but technically <laughs> it should be. Um, a 19th century drama about a man whose heart was replaced with a clock when he was born. So it's Hugo meets a promise. The poster is very Hugo. Meets a promise. I know it's the first 19th century drama that came into my head. Um, Legends of Oz Dorothy's Return which the less said about the better because the reviews were vicious The Lego Movie Pete's favourite Speaking of vicious reviews (laughs) I think that The Lego Movie's definite uh, nominee God Most probably winner too that could if we're being be, realistic. That could possibly be the worst nomination of all time in the history of the uh, uh, category. What about Quaventionaire? So, so, no, in the category. Oh, right, okay. Um, <laughs> but, but no, did you notice the Kanye-ness of that statement? <laughs> of all time, it's like 20 yeah. years or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, is it going to win? Because it's, it's a bit I crass don't, to I think win. it's too stupid to win. Yeah. I mean, not just not because I didn't like it, but that sort of humour. I, I can't remember that sort of humour winning. But then, what's the alternative? Frozen. What? Oh wait, that was last year. <laughs> Big Something... Hero Six. No, that's not winning. It's too bland okay. to win. They can do, you know, the big gesture and give it to the Ghibli movie, but. I don't know. Well, we'll get to keep, that. Keep going, keep going. Next, a uh, film called Minuscule, Valley of the Lost Acts, which I have no idea what that is about. Uh, oh, it's French again. Blake Lively's acting talent. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about uh, Blake Lively's stomach at the moment. Uh, in <laughs> It's oh, it's a very um, eco-friendly film okay. uh, from Next. France. Next. Next, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Yes, and that should win. <laughs> there you go, give it to that. It's not gonna, though, is it? Why not? Because you're not voting, Peter. <laughs> Pretty much. Do people, do people uh, not like that film? I don't know. I'm completely. The unclear. reviews were really good, but I, I don't think it's anybody's well. talking about it anymore. Right. Uh, next, Penguins of Madagascar. Funny. Looks. Uh, they are funny in general. Yeah, but Madagascar never nominated. No. Not so, even when they had Jessica Chastain on the voice cast. God. Who was it? Holly uh, Hunter? Francis, was it Holly Hunter? Francis McDormand. <laughs> that Close. was epic. When you were like, um, why didn't she 
Why wasn't she searching for a puffer fish? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, we have the pirate fairy, which is not Robert De Niro and Stardust. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does star Christina Hendricks, and it's about a pixie uh, Tinkerbell. It's another Tinkerbell film. God. Bring back the secret of Kells, just for the rounds. <laughs> Uh, next, Planes, Fire and Rescue. Yeah. Less said about that, the better. Rio 2. Yeah. Not happening. Film called Rocks in My Pockets. I've seen that one, believe oh. it or not. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a film about depression. It's a comedy about depression. I've got a few of those this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very, very strange. <laughs> no, we do. There's <laughs> no getting around it, we do. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! So it's an up- uplifting film about depression. Yeah, mm. kind of. It's about a, um, the story of a family where the grandmother had depression and the mother had depression. Now it's the daughter telling the story of um, her, her depressing family life. having depression. Yeah, it's. I think it's from Latvia or something. And uh, the whole movie is a voiceover from uh, the daughter, and she has the weirdest accent ever. It's uh, it's very strange. I think it, yeah, it's certainly interesting. But the, it's not. the poster is a a girl riding a horse around someone's chopped off head, which has been made into a maze. Yeah, and that's pretty representative of the movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next we have Song of the Sea, which is from the guy who did Secret of Kells, ah. which looks lovely. Um, That's the thing with Secret of Kells, it was really gorgeous. Yeah. Just not in a, a, a unabashedly way, it's just so cute, it was gorgeous. And it's got great reviews, it's Brendan really? Gleeson. Uh, oh, nice. So, uh, maybe that's a, a dark horse for hmm. the win. Well, yeah, especially if the Academy liked the first one, and it, and, it, and it's not just not just something that... that if it's got good reviews on top of it, it's, it's not something that they're just going to think, oh, we've seen all that before, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, lastly, we have The Tale of Princess Kaguya, which is the Studio Ghibli one. Mm. And Well, that could happen. Yes, I just got the honorary Oscar, so you Charlie, don't know. Are you actually trying to make the non-review parts of this podcast longer than the actual review parts of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's 18 Maybe. minutes in. 18 Maybe. minutes in, we haven't even got to Thessaloniki, and then we're... there's still a bit... we've only got three films. There's still, yeah, exactly. We've only got three films. So, um, next bit of news: European Film Award nominations. No. Which we are going to talk about the top no. four categories no. because it's very um, noteworthy. So yeah, we can't talk about them. It's the films that we're doing later. We're just gonna go. Oh yeah, right. Okay, Marvelous. Next. We can talk about the rest because there's something you're not gonna be happy about. Um, what a shock. Film. <laughs> Force Majeure. Ida. Yay. Leviathan. Yay. Nymphomaniac. Woo. And Winter Sleep. Best what, Director. What, what wouldn't I be happy about that? Hold No, next. It's coming up. <laughs> Best right. Director. Ceylan for Winter Sleep. Stephen Knight for Locke. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, Ruben Austin, Force Majeure. Pavel Pavlikovsky. What is Force Majeure again? It's the Swedish. Entry. I'm I'm talking about it in a second. Just okay. you wait. Okay. 
Uh, Paolo Vizzi for Human Capital, which we'll get on to later. Mm. And Sviaginsa for Leviathan, which we'll get on to later. I love how you can say his name now. <laughs> plenty of practice and uh, yeah. you saying last, it a the lot. La- the last years. Well, the thing is, it's last year, isn't it? It's two, been two biggest films. Um, our best actress, Marion Alvarez for Wounded, which never heard of. Mm. Irini? Uh, nope. Valeria Bruni-Tedeschi, Human Capital. Going oh, to sister. Later. <laughs> Marion Cotillard did uh, Two Days, One Night, which she really snubbed tonight. Really good stuff. <laughs> Charlotte Gainsborough, Nymphomaniac, and the two women from Ida. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Best actor, Gleason in Calvary, Tom Hardy in Locke, mm-hmm. the guy from Leviathan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I just didn't do that one, just for whatever. Stellan Skarsgård in Nymphomaniac and Timothy Spall in Mr. Turner. Yeah. Yeah. And that concludes this week's news. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Rini. Okay, so I'm here to talk about the Thessaloniki Film Festival. It's a big, big film festival. We get a lot of movies. Um, I don't want to talk about a billion hours again, so I picked the f- five main movies that I think you'll be interested in. Um, the first one being a Susan Beer movie. It's uh, a next year. No, it's yep. Serena. I've seen, uh, no, nope, no, I'm not watching nope, it. Nope, Wait, one. wait. <laughs> don't talk. You want to hear about this? It's, just, it's like a kid yep. in assembly. Uh, Bonnevie, oh my God. <laughs> Maria, wait, wait. Are you sitting down? It's Maria Bonnevie and Nikolai Liakas. Okay, and <laughs> Yes. And Ulrich Thompson and Nikolai Kostrovaldo, all of them. Uh, it's called The Second Chance. Um, it's extremely ridiculous. It's not good. Um, <laughs> it's about... So um, it's Serena too. This time it's uh, the US <laughs> Open final. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's very... <laughs> It's very, very stupid and very, very entertaining. Oh, she's um, gone back to her comedy roots then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you, it's a 2015 movie. You, I'm willing to bet a lot of money that you'll have. A, we'll have an American remake of that by 2016. Um, it's you know about a very difficult moral decision that a cop, a cop has to make, and uh, it's, it's ridiculous, but you know, good in a trashy, fun way. Um, then there's Force Majeure, which is the, um, that's getting nominated for an Oscar. It's, Very excited uh, about this. Yeah, it's Swedish. It's about a family that goes, uh, to a ski holiday and, um, something happens. Uh, a loneliest planet. Did you see that one? Loneliest no. planet? No. Um, well, something happens in the beginning of the movie. It basically, the, the, the family is sitting at the, the restaurant of the, a ski lodge where they stay, where they're staying, and um, the uh, the hotel they have they make controlled avalanches. Am I saying that correct correctly? Yeah. yeah for yeah. the entertainment of the uh, of the guests, but the guests don't know that it's controlled. So when the family, it's the beginning of the movie. They're sitting uh, in the restaurant and they see an avalanche coming sto- coming towards them. Uh, the mother just falls on to kids to protect them, and the dad just grabs his phone and runs away to, trying to save himself so it starts from there <laughs> it's very awkward it's very random uh the weirdest things happen but it's super stylish it's super super beautiful and really really funny and it's definitely getting nominated for an oscar i think it's uh it's a lock for that um then there's the duke of burgundy 
I think Cal is going to love that one. Uh, this is the lesbian um, drama yes. about the uh, woman who collects butterflies. Yep, seventh is erotic well, drama. Abby Cornish. <laughs> it's Terence Stamp. It's uh, by the director of uh, the Barbarian Sound Studio, Peter Strickland. Right. Uh, it's interesting. It's and stunning. Was good yeah, well. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's stunning. It's visually, it's amazing. Uh, I found it to be quite tiring because it's the um, the relationship between two women, and it gets uh, very repetitive. Uh, it has a point to its repetitiveness, but it does get tiring. Um, I think. Yeah, catch twenty two. Pete's not going to like that. No, you, but it's you are. the warmest colour situation. Yeah, but you are. The repetitiveness of the vaginas. <laughs> Isn't there um, urination involved as well in this? Yes, there's a lot of stuff involved in that. <laughs> um, it's, the, it's the kind of movie that uh, the opening credits, he has um, uh, costumes and lingerie by credit, and then the next credit is perfume by. It's that yes. kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Scoff. see it. Carl, you go. <laughs> uh, then there's Eden, the new movie by Mia Hansen Love. From Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig is in it for like five seconds. Wait, you haven't heard the worst of it. It's a movie about the French DJ scene where um, it's about. No, that's funny. No, so it's a comedy. <laughs> Pete's, Pete's not going to say that, sorry. It's a... No, you're not, he's not. Uh, it's a mood piece. Uh, I didn't get in the mood that it was trying to put me into, and I kind of fell asleep through most of it. But uh, I really, that's interesting because I wish that I'd fallen asleep in most of Mia Hansen Love's films. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, see, I'm quick. The last major film that I want to talk about, which is not major yet, but I think it's going to be soon, is a Spanish movie called Magical Girl. It's uh, co- it's directed by a guy called Carlos Vermouth, his second movie, and it's um, it has a lot of things in common with the human capital that you're discussing later. It's uh, it depression. Starts, uh, it starts with it's Spanish and it starts with a guy. He's a teacher and he's been fired from his job and his daughter has cancer, and uh, his daughter asks asks for. Uh, asks him to get her a present and what she wants the most in life is to get the uh, dress from a Japanese anime uh, pop star and it starts from that and it goes to the most weird and unexpected places it's like um, a puzzle movie where it's very mysterious and you keep having to put things together and they keep throwing new clues at you Uh, it's very 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 smartly written it sounds like Gondry I don't know why I'm getting that vibe. No, no, it's much darker. But also, uh, you know, witty in a way. It's not whimsical at all. It's I mean, uh, Indigo was pretty grim. Yeah, but that's not whimsical. <laughs> in so many, on so many levels. <laughs> I meant that on, on the Shut lowest up. level. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really good. It keeps you guessing. It's. Um, I think that when it starts going around, it will be pretty huge because it's really, really, really good, I think. And uh, then very, very quickly, uh, I saw Phoenix, which Carl has already Yay. talked about, which has um, the best final scene of all time, easily, right? No, I have to go Certainly this year. I'm not gonna... Of all time, I think. <laughs> it's <laughs> ridiculous. Chunky Express. Uh, it, the right might... the tickets. I know it's a big thing to say, but it might be better than Chunky Express. That oh final God. scene. Savagery. 
Oh, right, the final scene. Savagery, yeah, the final. It's, no, it's an amazing final scene. No, 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 scene. it's the final scene. The final five minutes are ridiculous. Um, then I saw Love is Strange, uh, which uh, Alfred Molina, I think, is going... This has oh, is this the gay thing with um, John Lithgow? John Lithgow, yeah. It's really boring. The, the chemistry <laughs> is good and the performances are nice, but it's so boring. It's uh, Go on, John Lithgow likes it. Quite unbearable. Um, I saw a movie called Speedwalking, which is Swedish, and it's from the director of the original Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oplev. Oh, and um, Dead Man Down. Yeah, that guy. And oh, this is a right. weird coming-of-age story. It's set in the 70s uh, with the kid. Uh, his mom dies in the beginning, and uh, he deals with it by speedwalking. It's very Swedish. Very. Just walking quickly. <laughs> Uh, no, you know the speed walking. It's uh, they have it on the Olympics where they walk funny. Um, oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, walking. it's speed it's, walking. It's just called walking. <laughs> no, it's called it? speed walking. Waddling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, weird coming of age movie from that guy. Um, I saw uh, a movie called um, Amour Fu, which is directed by Jessica Hausner, who did Lourdes. Um, That's yeah. mad love in English, yeah. Yes, uh, is it? Yes, it is. It's Austrian, and it's uh, a movie about a guy who is—he's very, very romantic, and all he wants in life is to find the perfect woman to commit suicide with. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he, he literally. Me. Yeah, he goes I have up. No words. <laughs> he goes up to women and he explains so, to them how he wants to die. So it's and, the opposite of Lord, then, isn't it? It's so it's 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 so weird. It's very stylish, you know. It has a lot. Every the the uh, the shots are all very static, and it's set in uh, I don't know uh, the eighteenth century in Austria, and it's like watching a Vermeer painting. You know, every frame is so beautifully taken care of, and. Uh, well, that's going on, you know, visually. The actual story is about the guy who's trying to convince several women to commit suicide with him. And uh, This is a comedy, it's got to be right. Yeah, it's a comedy, and it's pretty funny. Uh, it's the, the kind of thing that happens is that um, one of the women that he tries to, uh, to get, uh, he begs him, he begs her to commit suicide with him in the most romantic of ways. And she says, no, I want to leave. I don't understand what you're doing that. And then she gets ill, seriously. And the doctors say, you have like three weeks to leave. So she goes back to, to him and she says, okay, let's do it. And he shuts her off and says, no, I don't want you to do it because you're going to die and you're afraid. I want you to do it because of love. That's terrible. Yeah. That is so bad. But when you see when you see it happening in the backdrop of, you know, this gorgeously set, Vermeer-like setting, it's it's so unsettling and funny. Um, what else? The Princess of France, the Matias Pinheiro Argentinian... Uh, Shakespeare mashup, which has been getting a lot of uh, buzz from several festivals. A lot of people saying they can't understand it, and yeah, a lot of camera work. Yeah, it's camera work in it. very intricate, uh, and got a lot of talking in it. Uh, it gave me a headache. I, I don't know what else to say about it. And uh, the last movie I want to talk about that nobody is ever going to see, apart from us who saw it at the festival. Uh, so that's why I'm talking about it. It's a 
random Greek movie called Norway about a vampire who is cur a, a vampire in Athens in uh, 1984 who is cursed uh, to uh, not be able to stop dancing. If he stops dancing, he, he dies. And uh, That's like in Hocus Pocus, that scene. <laughs> yeah, but Do that's the remember? whole movie. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it's very um, Jarmusch-like and very... It's it's ridiculous. It's an instant cult movie. Uh, everybody who saw it adored it, and I don't think that anybody's ever going to see it outside of that festival. So yeah, I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. I loved it that much. So that okay. see, I was fast this time. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. I thought you said you were going to see talk about five films and then fifteen films later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. One more. One more. And I'm going. <laughs> there we no, go. I didn't see that one, but uh, because Cal asked me earlier, uh, the the it has a competition. Thessaloniki has a very uh, strong oh, yeah. competition uh, each year, and uh, the movie that won this year, I didn't see it. Everybody who saw it told me it was really bad, but I love that it has the most cliche festival title. It's a Mexican movie. It's called Perpetual Sadness. Oh. <laughs> What won the Greek Audience Award? Because doesn't whatever wins the Greek Audience Award at Thessaloniki go forward to the Oscars? Uh, no, uh, that happened. Not at, no, that happened until a while ago. They changed it now. Norway, that movie, the the, the vampire movie, won the uh, the Best Audience day. Award, but that's not going anywhere. Uh, we're sending uh, this year. We're sending Mikraglia. Um, uh, it's uh, it's an epic love story, epic of epic epicness love story. Yeah. Is there jealousy involved? Yep, I think you're actually gonna like that. Really? Hmm. Well, I did like Stella. No, it's 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 heavier than that. It's uh... what? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> um, I'll never forgive Kako Yanis for the end of Stella. I'll see if I can find a way for you to see it. I think you might like it. It's what we're sending this year. <laughs> Have you seen that Canary one that Pete was going on about last week? It's still out, actually. This Which week. one? My, um, is I've it sweet, my sweet canary? My sweet canary. It's a Greek film that's on at my city world right now. Uh, the title, I don't know. What's in Golden Creek? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Wait, my sweet canary. Okay. Oh, Rosa Eskenazi. Yeah, that's a documentary. Um, no, I haven't seen no. it. But the subject, she's yeah, she's a very big um. Uh, she's a legendary, um, you know. Mercury esque figure. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Alright. Okay, well, thanks, Irini. Thank you for having me. That's all I you had could, to say. You could, you could stay. No, oh, I don't no. Get a, oh, I don't get a choice. No, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm not staying for that. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it at my own comfort. <laughs> oh, I hope yeah, you. Yeah, well, um, I hope you have. I guess with the film. An amazing uh, review segment. <laughs> okay. I'm bye bracing bye. myself now. Bye and bye. Bye. See you later. I'm saving myself. Bye. <laughs> Hang on, some books just fell off my shelf. I think she's a ghost. <laughs> We're keeping that in, by the way. <laughs> Carry on now, then. Yeah, yeah, straight away. <laughs> We've just had a 15 minute conversation while Irina was sending her side of the uh, com conversation to Cal. Yeah, um, uh, there's an, I get an idea of what, where this interstellar review might be heading at the end of the podcast. 
Okay, let's go on to preconceptions. Yeah. Okay, so this week we've got Leviathan, uh, Human Capital, and Interstellar. So your preconceptions for Leviathan? Um, the only Ginsev film I have seen is Elena, which I liked. Um, I pretty much felt the same as you about it. Uh, so I was hopeful, and I, you know, I would have seen the return and the banishment. Yeah. But it's sort of like when the, I look yeah. at these films, it's it's not what Read I want to watch. Yeah. It's a bit depressing and long. Very depressing. So no, yeah. I will get to it eventually, but I have to be in the they're, right mood. They're Sunday evening films, or every single last one of them. Yeah. Once Downton Abbey finishes, anyway. Yeah. Well, no, Danton Abbey, Danton Abbey should be uh, before any Chris Nolan film because of the amount of uh, use of the score in Danton. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I was looking forward to Leviathan. I um, I, I think he's a good filmmaker. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen uh, all of his films. I've given and I've given all of his films uh, four stars. Uh, the Return, I think, um, this had a massive reputation back at uh, back when it actually came out. It's what, and so with that, especially that, but also the, uh, also the, the banishment, I was expecting in this a film where you could pause it at any time, like a Terence Malick film, and just put that frame, frame it and put it on your wall. I was expecting Preconception was gorgeousness. Preconception was also, uh, very good acting, because, um, the return's got a very good central performance from the man. Uh, the banishment's got a cracking performance from Bonnevie, and the guy's mm. not, I know the guy won't can, but, I think that was the more appropriate place to reward it. And Elena, I thought um, the woman who was in this uh, was was very good, uh, and so did so did Zvi So he was very um, uh, disappointed when he saw the end that she didn't have much of a role. So I think that's why he got her in this. Um, so given that it was the woman from uh, Elena uh, who only had a small role, yeah, uh, and it was him, I was expecting something very well acted, looking great, and um, probably depressing, but I didn't really care. But and the the concise review, my concise review is available from about three or four weeks ago. Mm. So you knew that I liked this. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, uh, so next is Human Capital, which all I really knew about beforehand was that it was Italy's submission for the Oscars. I was just uh, literally um, uh, looking through what was the, the little brochure you get from th- this one particular cinema. And um, I... Uh, Thought, yeah, okay, fine. Um, as soon as I saw that, I thought, right, so I'll, I'll see it. So no, no preconceptions at all. I oh, Valerie Bruni Tedeschi, really good. Loved her in Five Times Two, even though Five Times Two is terrible. And um, I wish I'd seen her more things. And she's dead spit for Julian Anson. So I was expecting age appropriate yeah. hotness. She is actually, yeah. <laughs> um, I like you. I only knew that it was the submission um, for the Oscar, and then I. I did see middle class family in the synopsis, and I thought I am love. Italy again with the yeah. middle classness. Can they not the, make films about? Yeah, can they not? <laughs> oh God! Should we tell a story about that? Yeah, we came, we watched it uh, in Venice in two thousand nine, and um, it comes to he's one of like like I am love. It comes to like a, a culmination at the end. We're we're walking down the steps towards one of these. The three of us were walking down the steps. It wasn't really, it was someone else. Walking down the steps towards one of the big lions. And the person who is having a rant about the homophobia was me. (laughs) I was was simmering. Well, to be honest, I wasn't simmering because it was so stupid. It wasn't 
offensive yeah. enough. Yeah, but be... I but I was I was vocalizing it. Yeah. It was oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Parts of it were quite stimulating. I think but... I actually in my re- on my review of it I actually said called it a turd sandwich. <laughs> of a film or something like that. It was one of the harshest well, reviews I've ever done. Wasn't that similar to your assessment of hunger? <laughs> no, that was um, um, Steve McQueen's instructions to the set designer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, preconceptions for Interstellar. Epic preconceptions oh, here. Uh, preconception galaxy. Not as epic as the film. <laughs> okay, it's a Christopher Nolan film. So I was expecting uh, a, long, a long sequence of cross-cutting yeah. towards the end. I was expecting characters to uh, verbalise the subtext uh, and exposition uh, for the for the stupid thirteen year olds who weren't paying attention in the back row, and I was expecting there to be uh, a, a, a rather large use of uh, Hans Zimmer's music in, uh, in the background. And I was Part also, of the course. but that being said, I, I've ne- I don't think um, uh, Chris Nolan's ever made a bad film. Uh, and I think that he does get interesting performances, particularly from women in supporting roles. So I was hopeful for Jessica Chastain, because uh, I think Karen Moss is good in Memento. I think Becky Hall's really good in Prestige. Um, I think probably the um, uh, Dark Knight uh, Rises, whatever the third one's called, um, is an exception, yeah. is exception with Gotham. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, uh, yes. Uh, I, in general, I like Chris Nolan's films. It's just that they're not as clever as they think they are, and they've got plot holes, <laughs> and yeah. there are style and there are issues. With Hilary Swank in Insomnia also good. Yes, um, yes. But we we some rare positivity for Hilary Swank is needed. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I think he's a good filmmaker, and the only f- bad film I'd say he made was The Prestige, which I just really it's, didn't like. I thought the, the end was terrible. I like, the, well, I like bits of the end. <laughs> mm. I like Jack, the way Jackman does the man in the box speech. Put it that way. Okay. I like David Bowie in it. Yeah. But the trouble is, I, I got the twist halfway through the first time I saw it. Again, yeah. it's just not as half as clever as, it, as he seems to think it is. Yeah. Oh, and what about Christian Bale's accent? Just Christian, it's just Christian Bale. <laughs> no, it was... Oh. Yeah. I don't know what he was trying to do. Anyway, so Nolan, this I thought... I kind of I don't want to bitch about running time, but yeah, because that would, I, yeah, because it's kind of, I think it's really admirable that he is one of the studio filmmakers that can do what he likes and make yeah. films as long as he wants in and that's 2D great. <laughs> in two D as well, which yeah. is great. Um, but Inception, I don't think Inception needed to be that long. I don't think Dark Knight Rises needed to be that long. So I was hoping that this was going to warrant the running time. I'd I I'd, I'd heard that all that somebody had told me was that they'd heard they'd read two of you or heard two people talking about it, and one person said um, it was way too long, and the other person said it needs to be long that long for you to understand it. <laughs> so we'll get onto that. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> so Leviathan, you're t- you're telling me about this? Yeah, because it's the easiest. Yeah. Leviathan. <laughs> Leviathan is um, basically what happens. It's set in Russia. Uh, basically, the mayor of this small Russian town or village um, 
wants to demolish this uh, riverside house of a guy called Dimitri, and he, who lives with his wife and son. Dimitri enlists the help of his friend from the army, who is now a lawyer, to come and put pressure on the government officials of the town and figure a way of keeping the house for the family. But the lawyer um, slash friend instigates problems within the family. Yeah. And from then on, things do not go well. Yeah. I, I, I'll just tell you exactly what I told Irini when you left the room. That's what I about. I don't want to be that guy who says, oh, <laughs> oh, they used to be so good and this isn't as good as the other stuff. But you've got to say that. But uh, with this one, yeah, it's just, I think, I was getting a van, va- now, the, the film that I would compare this to is The Banishment. Because The Banishment trundles along at a pace, and it's neither good nor bad uh, for a, a long period. And then it just gets this scene, this flash, the, the flashbacks sort of fold in on themselves. It's quite a very interesting way that he, it, visually that he goes into them. Uh, and then when the flashbacks hit and you realise why everyone's been acting the way they have and what have you, uh, it's Bonnevie knocks it out of the park and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was going along and going along and going along and it, it doesn't have the big reveals uh, to give you a different take on what's been happening. And I think my problem is that it doesn't do the groundwork uh, for the basic plotting and, and you sort of, so there's a lot of stuff where you just think, well, how's that come about? Where, where's this coming from? I do think the acting does a lot of the groundwork because I nominate yes. about four people from the film. Really? Uh, especially Leah Dover, uh, who I just thought was stunning. Um, but I think it's what came across to me is how lived in the family felt. It didn't feel like these actors had been thrown together. Um, you got a sense, even though she wasn't his real mother, the boy who I thought was really good as well. Mm. Um, I think you've got a sense of backstory there and his resentment. Yeah, they shorthand it, but it, it, you, you buy it. Yeah, certainly. I don't think they need to go that much further with it. Well, not. I didn't think they need to anyway, but it's it's also the film kind of starts, it doesn't really go where you expect it to go because at the beginning it, it starts by being this political um, yeah. sort of wrangling and then... It turns into a family drama. Yeah, for a long time, and then it returns to the politics at the end. Yeah, I think that that's probably that was probably a thing I felt on the night watching it, which I hadn't really thought about since. But I did think they they let let it go for too long, uh, and before coming back to it, they well, they basically just when ditch once it, the once the lawyer did, yeah exits the film. But maybe. the thing is, I don't understand why that even. Well, basically, I, is it much? Is it a huge spoiler that part of it? I think what happens afterwards is more of a spoiler, but. um Basically, uh, the, 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 there's a scene where the uh, husband's in jail and then he meets up with the uh, wife. And then you're just like, well, where on earth does that come from? And it's it's like, it's, it's one of those, did I just miss something moments, but in a bad way. Not a good way, like a passage to India. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but I like, um, I'm not as high on the acting as you, but I think it's all good. I think the uh, husband's the best. He reminds me. He was of, really good. Yeah. He reminds me of about two or three people that I know. And I David Mice. Yeah, yeah, he is. David. But no, I mean, I mean, uh, a couple of friends that I know as well. 
um, uh, both in terms of just look, looks and behaviour. And um, I uh, I think his was far and away the most uh, believable performance to me because I didn't for a second think that this was an actor playing a part with him. It's, I think it's very much he's got a bottle of vodka in his hand all the time. Yes. Which yeah. gets a bit old. <laughs> um, but yes. yeah, it, I liked the main four of them, actually. I really liked the supporting couple. She was mm. funny. She was good, yes. Um, I don't know, I just think they melded that the politics and the family stuff together, the domestic uh, drama together really well. And I think it shows the... Imp- or the um, mayor's really good as well. I, I suppose it, it depends how you view it, because you could either view it with the mayor character slash storyline you can either say it's 2d or you can say uh, and uh unsubtle uh, in terms of mm. his his behavior not in terms of the way that it's written in terms of uh, what he's doing but then you could just turn around and say well that's probably actually quite realistic in terms of how these sort of people would act in that situation so well, it just feels like it's sort of like he's speaking like, in terms of articulating how the impact of the greed at the top of the chain filters through to the bottom of the chain um, and it's like kind of, I don't think it feels contrived, the behaviour even though it's about alcoholism and infidelity um, I don't really feel like it's I don't think it's strong. contrived, I just think it's it could do with it, because he, he has a habit of cutting out scenes and not showing you stuff uh, and I think uh, Yeah, what do some, you think some... about Sorry, go on No, 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 go well, I was going to say, what do you think about the main thing that happens near the end? Because that's a little bit uncertain as well, right? Um, I, th- I, I think it's with with anything like this, when there's ambiguity, you have like some sort of people. One, say, probably about eighty percent of people say, "Well, well, it's, oh, it, well, it's that's what happened," and then you'll have like twenty percent people. No, of course, it's something else. And then they won't even allow you to have a, <laughs> have a different opinion. <laughs> I, I had a very clear. I, I thought it was. Uh, pretty obvious. A voluntary happens. thing. Yeah. Okay. But then they hint. They do hint at otherwise. Yeah. There's, there's no another. Game. There's another option. Yeah, they, and and they do hint at it within the film. It's not um, a completely oblique one that people would be just scrabbling around for. Yeah. But. Um. Can we just talk I'd... about cinematography? Oh. Wow. Awesome. Wow. I mean, this is. Up, the, uh, up there with the return, and it's better than the banishment cinematography. It's uh, absolute. The framing oh, is, is great. Yeah. The the lighting, the use of color. This ticks any box because you can judge cinematography in so many ways. There's no such thing as like objective good cinematography. No, uh, but the, uh, just uh, con- because you've got a, a great setting doesn't mean it's good cinematography either. No, no. It's um. Oh, it, I think framing is is complete forte. Key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The but whale bones as you, well are so powerful. Yeah, it, the imagery. I mean, this you can see the Tarkovsky influence on it. Yeah. It's ob- It's just brutally obvious. <laughs> um, what do you think about how anti-Russian it is? Because this is their foreign language submission. I, I think. think it- I think he's the boy, and they realize they're playing the game, and they realize that nowadays, if you want to get into the Oscars, you've got to go for your um, festival darlings. Yeah, they want to win. Yep. I don't know if the, I don't think they're going to win because I think it's too depressing. I well, look at um, look at, well, some depressing ones have won recently, but um, 
like, uh, but then again, if everything else is depressing, then it's just like has happened some years. Uh, a beautiful year, for example. Um, it's, I think. Ensemble. What, D, was that beautiful? Was it beautiful? Ensemble. D. I thought it was uh, yeah, beautiful but horrific. Yeah. It was a bit kind of like torture porn, some of it. Mm. Mm. But and the Radiohead, obviously. <laughs> Less said about that, the better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would. This would have been a complete stone cold A for me. Mm. Um, if it were not. For the end, it's sort of like I get this Once Upon a Time in Anatolia vibe at the end. I get a shame vibe at the end. I don't know why. Okay. Well, just where he's, you can see him searching for a way to end the film. Yeah. And it sort of feels like in the last 20, 25 minutes, it could end at any time and it wouldn't be a nightmare. Yeah. So it does feel a bit draggy in that last 20 minutes. Mm. Um, but otherwise, I was just really completely convinced by the story. Loved the acting. Um, thought it was a really powerful comment on political control in Russia. Um, just thought it worked on so many levels. So yeah, uh, for me, it's it's similar in terms of in just in general in general uh, to, uh, how I felt about a separation in terms of the longer I watched it, I could just feel the grade slipping. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah. it does. But I don't have half as many issues as I did with. Um, uh, a separation. I do think it's better. So it's a three star film for me, but uh, I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with the low one. So I'm gonna go five out of ten. I'm gonna go A minus. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so human capital. This okay. is another foreign tr- language documentary. I've, I've got my hands double clasped as if I'm praying. I'm trying to remember this film. <laughs> with it's, all... the, it's the Catholicism that bleeds. Through. <laughs> uh, um, so human capital. Uh, is centred around a hit-and-run accident uh, where uh, a waiter leaves a, a swanky do and he gets uh, two cars overtake, uh, overtaking him and uh, uh, one of them knocks him and puts him in the uh, a ditch. It then uh, tells the story of the backstory from six months uh, before until that night from the perspective of three different people. Yeah. Um, the first, the first perspective is to, uh, from uh, a, a former uh, tennis player who's now a, a real estate agent, whose uh, daughter is going out with a rich kid, and then uh, the uh, second one is told from the perspective of the rich kid's uh, mom, uh, Valerie Bruni Tedeschi, and then the final, uh, third one's told from the uh, perspective of the daughter, and eventually you find out what happened that night. Yeah, okay. and my. My issue with the film was by the time it got to the third act, I didn't care what had happened that night. Well, it's. I was going to ask you about the structure because it's difficult. I because I quite liked it mm. because the ice stormness of it all. I got a yeah, big ice storm for yeah, it. Yeah, there was well certainly in the last yeah well, the well, second well, half. Well, from the beginning as well with the music and just just the sort of like color the middle class happened. misery. And... Yeah, yeah. There's other films as well, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Give me some time, I might. I think the problem... I was thinking at the beginning, when the actual crash happens with the cyclist, I thought it was a bit underwhelming, really. Yes. Because they do that, and then they're like six months before. As if this is a huge event. It's not yeah. really, because we don't really know who it is. Yeah. It might have been interesting if we watched, if it had been from the perspective of the waiter walking home, and then yeah. suddenly been bashed. Um, 
But then the way that things unfold and the structure, it does. It becomes not really about that. It becomes more of a character-based um, assessment on how people are exploiting each other. Um, and I thought the three perspectives it chose were actually pretty good, especially the last two. The first guy, was a bit boring, yeah. but yeah, I, no. I, the women. Were, I thought the women were both really good. Yes. Yeah, uh, Tedeschi is you know, she is French, French slash Italian. Julian um, Anderson. Um, she has a palpable vulnerability to her performances, which is uh, which I think really comes through here because she's playing like this um, tro- sort of well trophy-ish wife um, who who's, doesn't really who hasn't has zero power within the relationship because the husband's. Uh, a banker who's just making all the money, and so she's she's benefiting from that, and so she can't really criticise. Yeah. But well, I think she's got no independence. She's got yes. no control of that relationship. Yeah. Um, but I think the way that because the characters intertwine in certain ways, mm. and I was impressed with the writing of it from a structural rather than a plot perspective, because some of the plot elements are dodgy. But structurally, I think it could have been really eye-rolling how all of these different characters intertwine. Oh, it's not Crash. Yeah, but it didn't feel manipulative. It just kind of felt circumstantial. And there was an interesting aside to how the daughter discovers that her stepmother... um, Well, not discovers, but she develops a relationship with a stepmother who she didn't really care for Mm. um, through this relationship she uh, develops with the stepmother's patient, Mm. which is... Um, one of the more interesting parts of the film, but I just thought like it could have been so much more um, obvious than it was. Mm, maybe there were some there were some pretty bad plot moments where she leaves the laptop open and um, yeah, and the what happens with her father after that. But um, but I don't know. I was kind of won over by it at the end. Um, I think I, I like the look of the film. I think there's some yeah. really striking imagery. I think the scene with her in the home cinema mm-hmm. uh, was just great. Uh, yeah. I, I actually, what, uh, what film was? Do you know what film that was? Or not? No, no. I think it was. I think they said in the film it was a, a like a, a sort of experimental film from the '60s, which was like a half play, half um, film. Right. But uh, yeah, I like that scene too. It was yeah. good. Uh, I obviously it's an Italian film. I, I have issues with the inherent underlying sexism. Like you see everything from the women, and yeah. nothing from the men. It's well, it's just dis- well, not early the, on. Yeah, it's, it's just distasteful. It's just distasteful. Um, yeah, I was just, I was just, I think the the guy playing the. Um, uh, Bruni Tedeschi's son, I thought he was really poor. I think he was just... He, I know the character was supposed to be annoying, but I think he played it in an extraordinarily obvious and 2D way. And I don't think it... Um, it was just I jarring. certainly didn't get the... I certainly didn't understand why she would be interested in him. Because mm. no. the other guys were more interesting. Mm. Um, but I think... Because the human... It's called human capital. Yeah. I think it's it's about people putting a price on each other's loyalty and um, 
trying to kind of nobody's willing to confront the truth and it's what well, the fact that the girl that girl is by no most stretch of the imagination a, a schoolgirl age yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's got to be done it's got to be Karyanka Kilshaw <laughs> can't all be that poor man's Eva Green <laughs> ooh well at least you've redeemed Eva Green because you'd slagged her off earlier I wasn't I basically just said she was a bit like Eva Green <laughs> that was it I'm leaving the really's gone it's fine yeah. uh, I'm going to give it a B um, I thought yeah it was one over by the end but I do think it's V is on a very fine line between um, astute and kind of erratic. Um, I'm going to be kind and give this a a six, so a high three stars, because I think the acting from the women uh, elevates it enough to make it into a decent film, in spite of some of the... uh, There's quite a few problems. And very good... Uh, European Film Awards for nominating Valeria. Yes, 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 definitely. Always. Um, so. Oh, hold on. Before you you say Film of the Week, um, quick mention, there's a re-release of Playtime this week, which is a Jacques Tati film Mm -hmm. from the 60s, which is wonderful. Um, Can I I just say that Valeria Galino was playing the stepmom in this, and uh, that is the one from Hot Shots in the early 90s. (laughs) Which you always mention. I do, and she looked very different now. All right. <laughs> no, 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 it's bad. Right, just very different. Mm. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have known it was her. Put it that way. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. See, you just uh, showing yourself up, Cal, because I wasn't going to say film of the week. So, film of the year. Because <laughs> it is for film geeks. Well, not film geeks, not like people. I, I was, yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna talk about this earlier because there's been for the, quite for the casual cinema goer. This is the film of the year. Um, well, are we saying was the Dark Knight Rises the film of the year in yeah. 2012? In terms of just anticipation for the general person on the street, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is it, yeah, yeah. Okay, so film so, of the year, oh, Interstellar. This yes, is me, then thank, I take it. yes, because right. Well, okay. good luck. Good in, luck to the audience as well. Interstellar is set several decades into the future. Uh, we see Matthew McConaughey, who is a former astronaut turned farmer. Uh, he's a farmer because everybody's a farmer now because there's a world shortage on food. Why? Well, why on earth would we have to uh, talk about that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> his daughter is being visited by a poltergeist uh, who is knocking books off her shelf. Uh, his son isn't doing very well in school. And one day, the uh, while all the dust storms, which are, are going to destroy all the crops and everybody on Earth is going to die, uh, one day the uh, dust falls in, in his daughter's bedroom in a way which reveals that uh, it's a binary code giving some coordinates. He follows the coordinates and finds... Michael Caine and Anne Hathaway and sorts of other people locked up in a room, revealing that they are NASA, who've been secretly been funded for the last uh, 50 years or so, uh, because it would be a PR nightmare if they actually were being uh, seen to be funded when there was such a shortage of food. Uh, why, why they didn't just... Um, why he didn't stumble across uh, Domino's. It's like, it's like very Dr. Evil in Austin Powers <laughs> at the Starbucks. <laughs> it's, it's, 
it's the, it's the setup. Anyway, so he walks in there while uh, when they majestically need uh, uh, in need for pilots, and he's going to man a mission through a wormhole uh, to potentially discover a new world for the human race to live on, or if not, set up a colony with Anne Hathaway. Yes. Um, okay. Will that do? That that'll certainly do, and it won't enlighten anyone on the film because you watch this film, and good luck if you understand about ten percent of it. Because especially the end, it was just the the thing is the most common adjectives I'm hearing this film described as are ambitious and flawed. <laughs> but how yeah. far does nonsense bleed into ambition? Yeah. Because. Well, well, I- yeah, go carry on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just because you can call something ambitious if you don't understand it, but that doesn't mean it isn't nonsense. Or also, you can call something ambitious if it completely falls flat on its face. I mean, yeah. I, I think. I mean, now, don't get me wrong. I quite liked Tideland, as far as it goes. Yeah. It was completely yeah. panned. But even the people who, people who would say it's ambitious because of what you're trying, to, what, what Gillian was trying to do with that subject matter. Um, and something like the fountain, even if you, even if you think it's a folly, which a lot of people did at the time, and a lot of people fifty one on Metacritic, yeah, and a lot of people don't now. It's one of those films that isn't underrated anymore because so many people complained about it being underrated. But regardless of whether you like it or not, it's an ambitious film, so it's it doesn't mean anything in terms Cloud, of quality. Cloud Atlas, yes, yeah, yeah, very ambitious film. A lot of it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is the, this is similar, um, but I, oh god, okay. It's just come so along. It's like it, it's, it's like come along it's... ten years too late, I think, because there there are so many films that it recalls. You just it doesn't come across as original at all, and he may have had the story for a very long time, and it, some some of it may be in the style, and some of it may be in the writing, and some of it may be completely coincidence that it's over. It's been done that way, but it's just it's just relentlessly reminding me of other stuff when I was watching this film. So with the visuals, I mean, you can do a film in space and not have it uh, that two thousand and one ish with the music. Sunshine, yeah. Um, uh, no, sunshine's Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the it's the grown moment. That ushers no. in the third act, and I know we differ on Sunshine, but that's that... no. But you, I, I, I thought you gave it a six, Sunshine. Seven, seven. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, don't, this Sunshine. Is, the thing is, Sunshine. Up until that moment, it's a stone cold masterpiece, modern masterpiece. Yeah. And the, the thing is, you either go with it and then and uh, 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 um, end up thinking it's a brilliant film, or it just brings it down a bit, and you think, oh, that was disappointing, but it's still very good overall. But it's good because it establishes relationships between yes, the shipmates. The crew it's got an dynamics. Entire, the crew it's, dynamics. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's got an entire ecology for the ship itself. Yes. You know where the the journey because it's yes. very linear journey. Um, every steps. I think Serenity also did this to an extent. Yep. Well, as well. Mm. This it's got so much direction that need be there. So many shots that need be there that don't yeah. articulate anything like oh, control yeah. panels and things. Yeah. It just. It's so superfluous and dull, um, and I can't fathom how they spent 175 million on this. Mm. It, for me, it's it's there's 
probably about three different things. I've written a few notes on this, which I never do. I never do. Um, the, the one thing is that in, in terms of the visuals and the sound, it's, it's, it's 2001-ish. It's very Terence Malick in the use of music in general. And especially with, with all the crop field, fields and everything, and it's and all the organs swelling and all that sort of stuff, and because you've got Jessica Chastain there, that amplifies it as well. But I don't think that Malik visuals is a bad thing. I think the Malik visuals is a good thing. I think that it just makes it a bit hackneyed um, when you've got him either homaging or ripping off, depending on how nice you want to be about it. Um, and then the sound. I think in general, some of the sound mixing is quite bad. And then the you've score. got. Then it's uh, yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, the the, vo- it's... the volumes, the diff, uh, uh, and then when it cuts into the gravity style, well, there's no sound. Well, no, gravity worked because they did that all the way through, but they, they only seem to, they only seem they only seem to do it every now and again just to underscore points, or when this they don't that... want to underscore a point. You kind of destroyed gravity last year. Yes, but um, I think gravity benefit from being a lot simpler. Yes. And even if you think it's contrived and even if you think, oh god, now there's a fire, now there's mm. a debris, etc., yeah, etc., yeah. mm. you still know, you still get a sense of where everything is at one given time because it's so com- compact. Yes. And the visuals provide some kind of arti- artistic value there. Yeah. This, I don't think it really has any of that. No. Because you land um, on the first one and there's all this stuff about um, the time because they're by the black hole and the relativity and it's one hour down there. That's interesting. Yeah, that that is interesting. interesting. But then when they get on the second, uh, when they got on the second planet, I'm like, I think, well, hang on, is that does that not count here? (laughs) Yeah, but basically, yeah. So one hour is. um, I mean, and the Damon thing. I thought the Damon thing was very predictable. I thought it was boring as a as a plot choice and the way and in the way it's executed. And I also think it's his worst performance of his career by a country mile. And I didn't used to like him for about five or ten years. And the fact that it's so sunshiny as well, oh, just plays into all of it. So you've got all this um, unoriginal stuff going on in terms of the style and the writing. And then some of the writing is just utterly, it just, it's, it's pseudo, like... it's pseudo intellectual. It's like, there's a wormhole at the beginning and they go through the wormhole, right? And they've said that a, a wormhole can only be placed there. So who put it there? And so when you actually consider how this film ends and you realize who actually put that wormhole there, yeah. then you get into the whole like looper yeah. style time loops thing. It's and very it just looper. Never even, very... never even brought up. And the thing with uh, the Morse code, <laughs> and the thing, the thing with the Morse code that I, I'll just put, put it, it just raises so many questions because when, yeah. especially when Chastain says nobody believed me, so hang on, you you were Morse coding that bad boy for how many decades of of, 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 of people of having a team of people with that take, but you were doing it. So what happens when you go to sleep? Does it stop? <laughs> I mean, it just it's just so it's so effing ridiculous that uh, it just it. And, and pure, and they did this in Inception. It brings up problems, and then immediately, they go, oh, but what if he does this? And then immediately, oh, oh, well, well this happens, and so they, that won't happen. It's like with the airlock thing. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's just ridiculously this bad writing at times. Massive amount of smoke and mirrors. It's yeah. almost like with Inception. Inception's better than this film. I've yes. got a lot of time for Inception, although it's very flawed. Mm. But. Um, because that dealt with four dimensions. And now it's like, oh, we're going up to five. But you don't really get a sense of that because 
when you get to five, Christopher Nolan's version of five dimensions is just randomness. It's just yeah. complete chaos. Yeah. Um, what's the word? Om. Om- Omnipotence. Yeah. That's that's basically it. So there isn't really any interest there, and there isn't really any structure to that. No. Um, and then when we get to the Nolanisms, the, the what you what you would expect from a Chris Nolan film, it's all here and it's all in the bad way. The cross cutting here just flat out does not work. Uh, because they they try and build up the tension between like he, them on the planet, is it on the, oh, no, them is coming no, back from the planet? Tension. There is no tension, especially because they're cutting into a part of Chastain's story where you haven't developed that strand in order to create any tension there. So it's just she's about to go inside a house, and so if you don't, if you if you, there's no foreshadowing as to what's in there or no intrigue as to what's in there, then it's you're just dragging it out. <laughs> and yeah. then the exposition, there's a. Re- Ridiculous moment. I mean, Damon's character is is Mister Subtext verbalization. <laughs> well, it's interesting but, because it's also I think it's a very heavy-handed way is the fact that Anne Hathaway is in love with Matt Damon, and the fact that it's sort of like, well, you should you should have oh no, not in love with yeah, Matt Damon, in, yeah, lo- in love with the, the other guy, guy who yeah. they could have picked. So it's like it's, you should have followed your heart, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. But then, but then, there's this ridiculous moment when he, uh, the one guy, explains what uh, why the wormhole is in is a sphere to uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is an astronaut. He has a degree in physics and mathematics, most likely. I for God's he was just a sake! Pilot. No, because he's, he's saying he works for NASA, oh. so he's going, so he's going to have a physics degree. I mean, and I've seen that that thing before with the, with the explanation of a wormhole. And this is set decades into the future. You think someone who works for NASA won't get that? It is utterly insane. It's just Chris Nolan acting for the writing it out for the twelve-year-olds who he assumes are stupid. But yeah, but at the same time, no twelve-year-old is going to know what the hell's going on in this film when you when yeah. you get to the end. And that's why that's who it's aimed at. It's aimed at teenage, low teenage kids. As as, as I, I don't think it's at all. I, that's supposed to be clever, fifteen-year-old boys. Ugh. And then the music is ridiculous. The music. It's there's a scene where Matthew McConaughey's driving away from his kids in the truck. Oh, so with, loud. with the dust storm. So so loud and unbearably. It's kind of organ, but it's it's really high and mm. dramatic and it's supposed to be momentous. It just you're just like, oh for God's sake, turn it down. And then halfway through the film, Jessica Chastain turns up and thank shit that she did. Very good cast child casting as well. Yes, the girl, especially for the young version of Chastain. Yes. Yeah. But I think the best Chastain's best moment was the video uh, to uh, Hathaway, it, nice. and they they, they they never show that on the whole of the big screen. But just the look on it, it's just that one moment where you get uh, an eeriness to it, and a and a it's a, yeah. an arresting force to it, because but it's that's just and, the way that she's acted it and, on on the page. It's just normal. It's just it's, there's nothing well, special about that moment. Well, on the page, it was a guy. So really? yeah, so she she basically took the guy's role, and Topher Grace's character was a woman. Oh really? It's interesting. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I I think McConaughey similarly McConaughey's best moment was where he, he sees the the twenty years of videos. Um, yeah. 
and reacts to that. Casey Affleck. It's well. so manipulative. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it, there's no genuine emotion in this film. I don't think. Uh, Ellen Burstyn, prolific this year. Fourth <laughs> film this year for Ellen Burstyn, and credit that she has given makeup. <laughs> yes, yes. She looks great. Yes. Yeah, oh, she she, looked, yeah, yeah. Mm. But she's supposed to be like 100, so fair enough. But no, so the end, I just, uh, the end I find just brings so many problems, in, if you actually think about it, uh, in terms of the, 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 the looperness of it all. Did where, it, it really desperately wants to be looper with that whole farm. Uh, yeah. Farm yeah. setting. I really liked Looper. And, it and ca- this film cannot work unless you're talking about different dimensions or, or, or alternative realities. It can't physically cannot work. It doesn't make sense otherwise. Yeah, but I think on the just basis- the logistics of how it happens, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it makes sense when he wants it to make sense. You know, within the smoke, within the loud music and uh, dust on screen to make you not see, not see through it. But yeah, but I think on the basic level of entertainment as well, I was really bored um, by the first hour. So until I Chastain, think it only, yeah, y- until yeah. Chastain, it it picks up when Chastain comes around, but then it does, the Nol- yeah. But, but then the Nolanism takes over. <laughs> and yeah, it's like just, hour it's... two, hour two is is de- fine. Hour it's... two is fine. The but it's an overall achievement. I don't think yeah. it really says anything. Basically, the, the the Dark Knight was the worst thing to happen to Chris Nolan as a filmmaker because it was so popular and it was so well received. And what he's done is he's taken the worst aspects of that film, which I think is quite good. He's taken the worst aspects of that film and that's what he's run with ever since. Well, and apart from the dark. Well, you know what I mean, like like the exposition, yeah. like the verbalization of the subjects, which is which, to be fair, is in the there in Insomnia, but he didn't write Insomnia. But um, well, that's maybe he should be looking doing what Finch is doing, trying to find material that suits his style rather than thinking he's the be all and end all of screenwriters. Yeah, and and the cross cutting, and and the he he's undeniably had an influence. I mean, look at Skyfall. I mean, that is such a that is. Javier mm. Bardem in that is such a Chris Nolan villain, yeah. but, but but it's a decent film. Yeah, but and again we're back to we're back to maybe this for Hickinson. I don't want to be the guy that says, uh, oh that guy used to be really good, but Chris Nolan. <laughs> but uh, we, we, I mean, Insomnia I thought was incredibly underrated at the time. I saw it in the cinema and I just thought it was really really great. It's still underrated, and I always get people to watch it, <laughs> and that was an example. Of, cause if you see the original, the whole internal affairs subplot isn't there, and you think, "Well, hang on, that's what gives it all of its nuance." And that's that, and and to think that they put that in on top mm. of it, and it, it it adds so much to it, and uh, so much intrigue and character, and uh, and and the the dynamics between everybody, and that's just everything that's missing in his films now. I mean, it's not it's not the gimmick of uh, a memento. I don't think he's ever had. I don't think he's had the acting performances of Guy Pearce and Al Pacino in those films. Carrie Ann Moss, yeah. As well. I, I think he gets good performances now, still, but he he's more interested in it being a Chris Nolan film than it being a character piece. And I think he was much, much, much better when he focused on character rather than trying to spout this pseudo intellectual bollocks 
and do it in the style that, the way that he does now. I think um, I'm not going to completely give this film a terrible grade. Just no, I'm not because either. it's try. It is trying, and <laughs> well, it's, it's very the trying. effort. The effort is <laughs> it's very trying. The effort is there, even if the execution isn't. Um, I'm going to give it a C minus. Mm. And I'm, even I'm though not, I haven't yeah. said a positive thing about it, well, no, Jack, did you? Well, did you like Chastain? Oh, I like Chastain. I, I liked McConaughey as well. I thought he was, you know, pretty much did what he could with that character. Mm. Um, but this is the thing: it's all the, po- the pluses are all the acting, and the negative is all the Nolan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think um, there's some interesting oh, the, the production is... design. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't think it should be winning any Oscars. Sunshine did this so much better, and yeah, <laughs> Serenity, Sunshine, um, even Prometheus, Event Prometheus. Event Horizon was better than this. Mm. Yeah, uh, four out of ten. It's a two star film. I don't think it's atrocious, but I think it's the first poor Christopher Nolan film because it's got very little going for it. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and now um now we spark spark up these cigarettes. <laughs> I think we I think I need one after that, yeah. Um ni- by the way, nine point one on IMDB and um but interestingly, Interstellar will be Christopher Nolan's worst reviewed film. What what's it that about seventy two? Seventy four? Yeah, seventy four I think. Um but yeah. But I think that's telling. People are bored of it. Yeah, and uh, unless he tries something else, low think, scale, just scale it down. Yeah, he's he's. No. I think he's got. I think he's ending his relationship with Warner Brothers, so I don't think they're going to produce his next film. Right. Who shot this? Was it Fister? I, th- I think he was busy doing Transcendence. That's what I was thinking. So I, 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 I just... by the way, I think Nolan's had an influence on Transcendence. Oh, massively. This. Massively. I don't know who shot it. Um, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. I'll get it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And also, um, between Nolan and Aronofsky this year, um, Eastwood, um, Wes Anderson. Hoyt van Hoytema. Oh, nice. Yes. Egoyen. Um I think it's been a disappointing year for directors who should be doing better. Mm. I mean, th- I, mean um, I didn't like Let the Right One In, but... The cinematography is good. Yeah. He did, uh, he did her as well. Call cool um, Girl, The Fighter, and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah. And he's doing the new Bond film for Sam Mendes. Excellent. Okay, uh, are we going to talk about films that... Because obviously we've mentioned a ton of influences in yeah. Interstellar. That Christopher well, do you, oh, quickly, from. do you think they're influences or do you think they're rip-offs? There's a 2001. Um, Come see, on, this that's is a, This is another problem. It's a, this. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. The, the machine in um, the film has got. There's no explanation as to what that is. Is it part of the craft? It's not. It's sort of standalone, but it's military. Ugh. Anyway, its purpose is completely. Uh, its reason for being there. Redundant. Is yeah. So, yeah, so there's all sorts of um, 
influences in the film or rip-offs, depending on how you look at it. I think yeah. Looper is a rip-off because it's it's too close to home for me. I was just like, as soon as those reads, they go through the reads, I'm thinking it's Looper. Yeah. Because no other sci-fi film's done that. Like, it's got Those shades dreams. of like Superman and things like that, but feels of dreams. What <laughs> feels of dreams? <laughs> Where's Ray Liotta? <laughs> oh God! Um, so what? What films do you think have? Uh, oh well, the, the most well the, re- the first thing I feel I thought about with this we, we think it's film because films that are rip-offs they're films that are cine literate and something like uh, Once Upon a Time in the West is the perfect example of a postmodern film because Leone basically went over to Monument Valley and apparently when he was on the set he was just doing a viewfinder with his hands and pointing at the different mountains and saying that's the searchers uh, that's um, Stagecoach all that sort of stuff so if you watch uh, I would encourage people you've got the DVD of uh, Once Upon a Time in the West watch the commentary because um, you'll see, like the beginning is like high noon. The first scene is high noon, and then the um, uh, Henry Font. The next scene is Shane, Shane, and it's just all these ones which are just so obviously. Uh, and it's it's got all of the plot wise as well. It's got not so it's not just the way that it's shot. Plot wise, it's got all these references to other films that you've seen before. Uh, but it's it's such a it's it's got so it's because it's got so many of them, and because it still has Leone's um, style and. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the the characters are so strong it all pulls together uh, uh, to make something um, uh, very auteurish anyway if, specifically to him even though he's uh, yeah. going for everybody else we uh, should do we should do a commentary for Interstellar when it comes out <laughs> we should just like file in our it. nails and stuff yeah <laughs> the, the best commentary I ever heard is actually um, something's gotta give Really? Because Nancy Mays is doing it, and then Keaton comes in halfway through, and Mays is just like, oh, Diane, you were just awesome in this scene. Ah. And Diane's like, oh, no, it was you, Nancy. <laughs> and then she leaves, she keeps coming back, and as soon as she comes back, Nancy's just, like, loving her again. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, no, I haven't seen any Leone films, which is really? terrible. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's... Oh, did he do... Who did Once Upon a Time in America? Yeah. Yeah. Him. Yeah, that was good. Very difficult to watch, though. Yeah, I know. That is the hardest one of us to watch. The Dollars Trilogy is very easy to watch. Um, uh, I did have more earlier when I thought... Kill Bill. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Obviously. I mean, the, the whole thing, the bride wore black. It's the, a, yeah. Tr- plot-wise... Which is, which is not as good as Kill Bill. No. But it's still interesting. It's completely ripped off. That is a rip off. It is a rip off. It's the same plot. Yeah. But it's more of a rip off than Reservoir Dogs because Reservoir Dogs is is City on Fire. But uh, the the things that make Reservoir Dogs great are the Tarantinoisms. It's not the plotness of uh, City on Fire. But yeah, Kill Bill is it. It's insane. But it's so knowing. I mean, you've even got the Sergio Leone scores in there as well, especially too. Yeah. I think any Tarantino that 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 Tarantino it's what we we're talking about earlier. Tarantino. It, uh, I remember seeing a uh, an introduction when it was on uh, when Reservoir Dogs was on Channel Four, and it was one of the guys from Lock, Sock, and Two Smoking Barrels doing the introduction, and he says, 
it depends if you view it as uh, borrowing or stealing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it, with Kill Bill, especially the second one, which I prefer. Mm. It's it's more he turns it into something completely different, really. Yeah, because Leone's films are not about sort of they're not really about. Well, they're certainly not about women. <laughs> no, no, the women in Leone's films are always angels and whores. Mm. It's not the greatest uh, portrayals of women. Uh, I'm going to mention, just because it came into my head, I hadn't thought this before, and I really should have done this when it really was around. Reconstruction is so wongish. So wongish. Um, but it's more wong. But then, when you, if you think just Christopher Bowen in general, when you go to Allegro, Allegro thematically. It's, it literally, it takes place in 2046. Because <laughs> um, Ulrich Thompson has left Copenhagen. And after he leaves Copenhagen, uh, a, a zone is created where people literally cannot get through. And in that zone is where his memories that he wants to forget have been stored. Yeah. So it is literally... Very, and, yeah. and 2046 is the place where people go to recover lost memories. And it's made after 2046. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. About two or three years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so Shag Mario Kill is um, wondrous would, choice. Easy, easy. Um, I could watch Human Capital every week for the rest of my life, so I'd marry it. I'd watch Leviathan right now because uh, I'd want to kill Interstellar. I would um, watch Human Capital. Marry? No, I would marry Human Capital. Yeah. Watch Leviathan. You could watch Leviathan every week for the rest. I could. Of my life. No, it is depressing. It is. Yeah. Uh, okay, the Olsen factor? Right. Uh, Leviathan, um, Leodova is a potential yes, because she was very foxy in uh, Elena. Uh, but Seydou? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, human capital. Uh, Italian, younger, Eve Green. Is close, with moments of yes, but I will uh, take a pass. Um, Anne Hathaway... Uh, it it is a Hathaway protocol it's situation. The original Hathaway, yeah. but I'm 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 just thinking: is it a gen? Is it is she a yes anyway? Now I don't think. Well, I'll, I'll be nice and say Hathaway protocol. Possible Saldana situation. Um, <laughs> uh, she's not that bad. No, Jessica Chastain. Now this is. Oof. Is this a Hathaway? No, it's not a Hathaway at all. Okay. I think she looks great. Um, I'm going to go with yes. And with, wow. with, with a hint of a bell boost for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Just say bell boost then. Yeah. 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 So a 2.0 for um, uh, Miss Olsen. Okay. All right. Um, Oscar, on the other hand. We start with Leviathan. Only the lawyer, surely, if anybody. Only the lawyer, if anybody. And it's not far away, but it's a no. Mm. Next, we have Human Capital. Um, The only person that would be close to a yes is... The artistic one. The crazy one. Yeah. Because the the jockish one is... is, Should we be kind and say Hathaway for those ringlets? (laughs) Yeah. It's sort of like the kid who would be like, um, like in Mother and Poetry. <laughs> That's who it reminded me of. Yeah. Some guy who just don't care about who sits on his Xbox all day. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other guy is not that close, but I know, you know, decent. Uh, Interstellar, on the other hand, Matthew oh, well, McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey's a no because he's he doesn't look great. No, it's it's. It, I think it's the weight he lost for Dallas Buyers doesn't help. Mm. Um, Wes Bentley's a yes. With the beard. With the beard. Well, in general, yes, but yeah. Uh, Matt Damon is say do. Or is he um, Saldana? It's pretty bad, but it was grey. It was not um, flashing grey. It was grim. It was grim. <laughs> it, was grim. it was grim on all fronts for Matt. Um, I don't, what, uh, oh, sorry, I was just going to start bitching about that again. Yeah, no, no go ahead. <laughs> um, but so, no. I don't think there's anyone else in the film of note. Of sexual worth. worth. So, it is a uh, range of 2.0. All the twos this week. Mm. Alright, so we have a website, it's moveforpodcast.com. We're on Twitter at moveforpodcast. Facebook in the Move for Podcast. We're on Casts, iTunes, and Stitcher and Feedburner. Mm. And you can check out all the grades uh, we've given to every film, most of which are not pretty. <laughs> Next week we have. If Pete can manage to get to any films. Yeah, I'm um, allegedly, finally, allegedly moving house this weekend. So, But to be fair, on a lot of weekends, I don't see anything before the Sunday anyway. So, Okay. So it might be late, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, it might, um, be, a, might be a later one next week. We have The Imitation Game. Really? Is it that soon? Hotly tipped for awards um, with Benedict Cumberbatch and his Cumberbitches. Are we going to talk about Kira's picture now? <laughs> what picture? She's in a topless picture demanding that it not be photoshopped to show her imperfect breasts and boost women's self-esteem. What? Who's this for? Um, she, I don't, she did it for a magazine. But uh, it was basically to, sh- to show that um, uh, even if you're like, even women who are like her are lauded for their looks. Uh, it should make women feel better about themselves or something. It sounded quite arrogant to me, actually. <laughs> okay. Because, because let's face it, Kira, no bloke uh, fancies you because of uh, what is whether your chest is perfect or not. <laughs> that's it's a, the last. That's the last point of appeal for her. Mm. <laughs> I don't. Uh, it's like, well, okay, fine. That maybe you may have imperfect press. That may be so, but most guys, most guys are just wondering about the face. Yeah. Oh, we're not all shallow, despite the factor and the range. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have speaking of perfect breasts, uh, Tom Monica, Hardy, Monica Bellucci. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Tom Hardy <laughs> in the drop. Uh, and also James Gandolfini's last Can performance. I just say that from the little bits I heard, Chernotz's accent sounds pretty decent. Ooh, wow. Just from rare, the little bits. Some rare positive word. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I well, forgot well, he was in it. He's above Hardy. Oh, by the way, there is also a video of Hugh Jackman uh, dead, Doing what? dead pressing <laughs> 435 pounds. I saw, it, saw it on Facebook. It is 
him and he's just screaming, no, don't touch it, <laughs> so that he can get it, so he can do two of them to make sure it, to, to get it to actually count. It, it's it's pretty impressive, actually. It's pretty, pretty impressive stuff. I mean, 435 pounds, that's like 37 stone. It's like Rikishi. It's like me and... Um, it's like me in one hand, and then it's like two of me's in another. <laughs> it's ridiculous, is what it is. Uh, we also have Paul Haggis. Is still going, believe it or not. Um, he's got a film called Third Person, which is available. Really? And we available, also... av- available for what? <laughs> Ridicule? <laughs> yes. Disdain. We... <laughs> we also have a documentary about Roger Ebert oh by the guy who did Hoop Dreams. Yeah, who was his mate, which is why, which is why, amazingly, Roger Ebert went to, started saying, "Oh no, this what happened to this film in the documentary thing's ridiculous. You've all got to consider it for best picture now <laughs> because he's my mate." It's called Life Itself. Right. So, uh, and Nativity Three, dude, where's my donkey? That's. Where's the um, Sal- just general Saldana there? <laughs> Martin Clunes, Appar- where did it all go wrong? <laughs> now, that's literally all I've got next week. I've got the drop, the invitation game, and uh, some Hindi film, and that's it. The only new stuff. Okay. Well, we'll d- we'll definitely do unless Wolverhampton has uh, uh, more delights than usual. And that's not the the club scene. <laughs> I'm not saying a bad word about the women of Wolverhampton. Because um, <laughs> you'll get castrated. <laughs> Don't want to get on the bad side. No, that it's a pretty slim week next week outside of those. Unless you want to see Ouija. It's doable. We could do the uh, Blue Room as well. Mm. It's a possibility. So as ever, it's Benedict Cumberbatch and um, the rest of the world next week. Don't you ever